Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor Bill Smoots delivers the message entitled, Beyond Awareness, but Very Much in Control. We'll also have music from the Sanctuary Choir. So join us now from Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make to me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. 
Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sin of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. This is the word of the Lord. This morning's gospel lesson comes to us from the first chapter of Mark. Hear now God's word for God's people. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tested by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited upon him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So here we are at the beginning of another season of Lent, that 40-day period of time when Christians traditionally join with Jesus on pilgrimage, going with him, following after him as he heads for Jerusalem and all that awaits for him there. One of the realities of Jesus' Jerusalem journey is that it made his disciples and other followers very anxious. For along the way, Jesus keeps talking about dying and being with them no more. And those who have committed their lives to Jesus' cause, who have given up work and family to be part of the Jesus community, when they hear Jesus talk about dying and not being around, they are beside themselves. They are apoplectic. They freak out and have a little meltdown. The overwhelming anxiousness felt by Jesus' followers is not the anxiousness that we can sometimes feel when, feel when our schedule gets too full and busy, or there is a big project at school, at work, and the due date is coming up sooner than we're ready for. No, the anxiousness that was chewing up Jesus' disciples is the deep, deep fear that without Jesus around, their, their purpose for living will be gone, 
and their lives will be in jeopardy. Jesus' followers have existential anxiety. Without Jesus, they know they will cease to exist. To be fair, I think we also need to acknowledge that Jesus' road to Jerusalem made him fairly anxious as well. His very existence is on the line, and more people than not seem to be angry with him, and he won't know a thing about Easter resurrection until death has already claimed him. Jesus has a lot to be anxious about also. Oh, and we should also acknowledge the anxiety of the religious and political leaders that that surrounded Jesus, maybe at a little more distance, but we're still watching him very closely. For as he winds his way to Jerusalem, Jesus never stops talking about God overthrowing those in control and revamping the way Judaism is practiced. So Roman leaders and temple leaders are also beside themselves and also apoplectic and also freaking out a bit and having a major meltdown. When all the players involved in an event, in a story, are anxious, fearful for their very existence, And in the case of the Roman and Pharisaic leaders, fearful for the institutions they control, the power that gives them over others. When anxiety is this high, something or someone or maybe both is going to snap and the results aren't going to be very pretty. Lent is a complex time of the church year. For all the main characters in the church's Lenten story are anxiously dealing with their very existence. Lent is a life or death journey, a passage of time and physical distance and spiritual evolution that literally changes everything for those involved. And as we present day pilgrims stare down the Lenten road before us and all the anxieties that this journey stirs, we need to pause and acknowledge not just the scriptural anxiety of the Lenten journey, but also the dangerous riptides of deep corporate and personal anxiety we swim in more often than we care to admit. There's a lot to be anxious about in our world and in our country at present. Physical warfare, political warfare, another fraught election cycle before us, the uncertainties of climate change-fueled weather patterns, income disparity, healthcare disparity, and on and on and on. There are physical and mental health challenges in our family systems and in our own lives. Our relationships with those around us, especially those we love, aren't always what we want them to be. And we may be unsure where to get the resources necessary 
to help us strive for different outcomes in all these areas, anxiety upon anxiety upon anxiety. And let us not forget as much as we would all really like to, that COVID is not all that far in our rearview mirror and still bubbles up and intrudes upon our lives and communities from time to time. We have to acknowledge that COVID has changed everything, continues to change a lot. And as we keep on figuring out new normals at work and school at home, even here at church and everywhere else, I don't think we've been able to fully let go of the anxiety COVID brought to us corporately and personally. And we've been doing this anxiety for so long now that we are tired. We are worn out. We don't have a whole lot of additional capacity at present to take on more anxiety like Lenten anxiety. And so I can imagine us wondering today, why would we want to go on the anxiety-producing journey of Lent? Why would we want to risk our lives and everything we know and the faith which brings us such comfort to join Jesus on his way to Jerusalem? Maybe it's better for us this year. Maybe it's more self-preserving if we were just to sit this Lent out. Yet before we say no to Lent, no to the potential for additional anxiety, before we abandon our Lenten pilgrimage and try to ignore these 40 days and any potential meaning they might have for us, before we choose this extreme response, I want us to pause and take a deep breath or two and consider the possibility that all of the anxiousness, all of the existential fear of our Lenten journey might, just might be useful to us. Useful to us if we can embrace these weeks of Lent as a time to try and understand a bit better what makes us anxious as individuals, what makes us anxious together as a congregation what makes us anxious as a culture. Lent may just be a useful time where we can try to learn to limit and to control and lessen our anxiety, as well as to embrace and practice emotional skill building that helps us function through and beyond our anxiety skills that help us function as the people God intends us to be. And why, you say, might we want to use these days of Lent for emotional skill building? Well, beyond our obvious need to deal with the anxiety in which we swim and the reality that joining Jesus on his Jerusalem journey is an essential aspect of our discipleship, Tabernacle Presbyterian Church is also in interim time, a time of uncertainty about the future into which God is calling all of us together, uncertainty that feeds individual and collective anxiety, 
causing us to feel that our personal existence and even the existence of our church might be threatened, might be endangered. Because anxiety and fear usually run together as a team and can easily lead to freakouts and meltdowns, behaviors that are not what any of us want for our lives and for our church. Maybe it behooves us to use the Lenten mirror of our anxiety to explore how we can act and serve and love together in new, less anxious ways going forward so that we can be vital and emotionally healthy and faithfully vibrant disciples of Jesus. And so this congregation which we love can be the same, vital, emotionally healthy, faithfully vibrant. I find the journey of Lent to be a journey of great hope. Time and again along the way through Lent, we are reminded by disciple and follower and Roman occupier and aloof Pharisee, we are reminded that God is never done with us, that God grabs us in our places of deepest brokenness and makes us whole again, and that death is really the only thing that needs to have existential worries during these Lenten days. My friends, we are people who live always in hope. One of the things that I've learned about anxiety is that its roots, whether the anxiety is personal or whether the anxiety is systemic, I've learned that the causes of our anxiety usually exist beyond our awareness, but are nevertheless very much in control. Control of us personally, control of us together as a group. When I was about 11 months old, my mother became very ill, requiring surgery and a long period of recuperation in the hospital. I'm told that overnight I went spending, from spending most of my time with mom to spending my time with my grandmothers and other family friends and on occasion a very stressed out father. I was well into adulthood when a counselor helped me to understand why trusting others was so hard for me. Today, 60 plus years after mom became ill, I continue to feel anxiety around matters of trust. Long has this anxiety been alive within me. Long has it journeyed with me causing me challenges beyond my awareness. The congregation I served in Racine, Wisconsin many years ago was a, a merged congregation, a merger between a Welsh Presbyterian church and a Hungarian UCC congregation that had happened 20 years before I came to serve them as their pastor. The Welsh congregation had been the dominant partner in this merger, retaining their building and majority control on the church boards. 
This dominance lasted until just before the time when I arrived on the scene, when shrinking Welsh numbers led to the leadership board suddenly being dominated by the Hungarians or people who hadn't been at either church before and were now part and, and were not part of either camp. The Welsh members of the congregation grew very anxious and they reacted to just about everything at church with fear and anger and all sorts of illogical behavior. Everything for them was suddenly a fight. It took a couple of years for all of us to begin to figure out where the extra anxiety was coming from and then a bit more time to, for us all to work together to begin to change reactions and behaviors. Our anxiety does exist beyond our awareness but nevertheless is very much in control of our personal, of our corporate behavior, and we need to pay attention to that reality. Now, I've never given Jesus' post-baptismal time in the wilderness much thought. From the brevity of the account in the Gospel of Mark, it seems that Mark doesn't give it much account either, in fact, all of the gospel accounts of Jesus' Holy Spirit-forced extended camping trip show Jesus as having a calm and collected response to what must have been a rather harsh experience. I imagine these 40 days in the wilderness to be a very anxious time for Jesus. For if we take seriously the human side of Jesus, that in his humanness, Jesus acts and reacts a lot like we do, a lot like we do when we feel threatened, that I'm guessing that Jesus was anything but calm and perhaps even questions the whole plan that God has in store for him. We can imagine Jesus wondering, why the heck did I get baptized in the first place? And yet his experience of anxiety in the wilderness may have been the perfect, perfect preparation for what Jesus walks back into when the wilderness time is over, over, which is the arrest of John the Baptist and all the anxiety in the community of followers who had gathered around, Jesus, who had gathered around John and were now gathering around Jesus. Throughout the scriptures, the wilderness is repeatedly described as the place where God and God's people can reconnect and can reconcile. The place where God's people reaffirm their complete, their total, their utter reliance on God. Forty days of reconnecting with God gives Jesus a lot of resources for dealing with his own internal anxiety as well as the anxiety of those he encounters when he returns. Perhaps 40 days of Lent offers a similar possibility here at Tab. For simply being alive has been and continues to be, will always be, anxiety-producing at some level. An interim time has its share of anxious questions as well. 
And we who populate this place carry for a whole variety of our own personal reasons a lot of anxiety around with us. Lent can heighten our anxieties, and Lent can also help us become more deeply aware of our own personal anxieties and the anxieties of our church as a system. And such awareness, I believe, is a great starting point. A starting point that allows there to be a different, less anxious future for TAB and a different, less anxious future for all of us. Jesus in Lent offers us an amazing example of how one less anxious person can bring calm to the waters of of anxiety that surround them. Remember, remember always, Lent is a season of hope and we are people who live in hope. So what do we say? Instead of avoiding this anxious season of Lent, I say we go along with Jesus, learning from him, learning together to be vital, emotionally healthy, faithfully vibrant disciples and a community as well. Just as Jesus invites us to be, just as Jesus teaches us to be, just as Jesus expects us to be. And so for our spiritual homework this week, let's start with ourselves. In the days ahead, let us think really hard about our opinions, about our behaviors, about what is driving them. Could our reactions to events in our life and the world around us and our reactions even to events here at church, could they be related to anxiety that has bubbled long within us but below our awareness? If we're not sure or think that this could be the case, what might we then do? How might we work at being and becoming vital? emotionally healthy, faithfully vibrant disciples. Forty days, it's a good start at this kind of work. And our good news is that we have each other to journey with. Amen. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the Tab Podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked Sermons, and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live-streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indie. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabpres.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab. 
Hi, my name is Karen Morrell, and I'm a member of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. I've been blessed to have many role models guiding me on my faith journey. I've always wanted to serve and help others, and Tab makes this easy by offering many outreach opportunities in our community. This has helped me find a purpose to use my God-given gifts to help others grow and thrive. Through worship, Bible study, serving meals, tutoring, and women's ministries, I've connected with others and received a sense of belonging and purpose. Tab is a place where you can connect and serve. I'm Karen Morrell, and I invite you to come and see for yourself. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis, invites you to worship Sunday morning at 8 or 10 a.m. If you can't make it in person, tune in to Sunday with Tab, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on WIBC, or find us online at tabpres.org.